Hello, and Here. welcome to another episode of Anthony Arden Talks to That Guy Who Apparently Doesn't Like Movies. I, I, uh, I, I take it back. That was an unkind thing to say. I know you like movies. I know you love them. Uh, I think uh, this is going to be a, maybe a more, you know, our wheelhouse kind of night, though. You think I mean, this will be a more amicable discussion? That's my money is on that. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, we'll see. We'll see when we get around to it, won't we? Okay. I'm getting nervous already, but oh, really? Oh, okay. Well, you know, I just don't want to just don't want to tip my hand too early. Um, I will tell you. Um, well, first of all, how you doing? I'm good. I'm. I'm. You know, I'm warm. Um, I'm not as warm as I would be if I lived uh, in the Pacific Northwest, but I am warm. Um, uh, and what's going on in the Pacific Northwest? I don't know anything, and I'll tell you why I don't know anything about what's going on in the world right now in a minute. But well, it's, it's just very, very, very hot. It's the hottest oh. that it's ever been there in the history of time. Wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. Uh -huh. but, you know, I'm not. Uh, I, I'm not a news service, so please don't take my word for it. Uh, it was very hot. That's all I know. It's very hot here. It's well, just hot. Okay. Humid. Well, we have big news about the show. Don't, you know, we've got some. Well, I was excited news. about that. Yeah. Tell us, tell everybody, everybody what's going on. Everybody who's watching right now will know that our, or listening, our podcast uh, has reached 1,000 downloads. Yay. Which I think for a show with 2,000 episodes is pretty extraordinary. Well, we don't have to get into the, into the details, I guess, for everybody, but... <laughs> But it feels no, good. It we feels don't nice. Have, we have far fewer than 1,000 downloads. I mean, we far are. fewer than, than 2,000 episodes. So that means our episodes are being downloaded. By, by, do, we, do we know? Do you know who the, where the farthest uh, afield from us is downloading? The reaches are? Yeah. I, I, can, I can look it up. I have, I have to go to our, our dashboard, which I'd will take me. Very curious. Sing, sing a song and entertain the people while I'm going to our dashboard. No, I won't, but um <laughs> I'll uh I'll you know I'll keep the conversation going, I'll keep the ball up in the air as you know I, I'm as I want to do. Okay, it's I'm going well so far. Logging in. Oh, I you have to do all of that. No. no, I'm logged in. I'm logged in. I just you could have, have just to... said Finland. What? You could have just said Finland and nobody Finland. would have well I wanna be I want to be accurate. Where where the heck is the map? There's usually a map that shows where things are going. Um, I'm uh, there. We go. I found the map, um, and uh, so for all time, uh, out the first, we have Australia. Ooh. We've got Indonesia. People oh. have downloaded us in Indonesia. Oh, that's in exciting. India, uh, Austria. Wow. Uh, what else? What, what, but I think Vietnam, Taiwan, Philippines. Wow. wow. Japan and Denmark. That's, see, that's incredibly cool. Brazil. Whatever. <laughs> However many, it's that, the, you know, come on. Georgia. Did... Not the state of Georgia, the, the country. The country. When yeah. was the last time you got to play Georgia? So the former, the former Soviet Republic? Uh, I never, I never played there. Right. But you now never, we have, we you have never played, there. you never played Singapore before. Now never. you're, now you're playing Singapore. It's incredible. Crazy. We have reach. We have reach. Um, well, the reason I don't know what's going on in the world is because I have spent the past 72 hours on hold with unemployment, which is, mm. which is fun. Uh, I, boy, the last time I had done it during the pandemic, they had worked some of those kinks out and it didn't take that long. Is this just a California thing? Is I, think it different? It's a Cal I think it's a California thing. It was, uh, it was really tough to get through. There was a problem with my claim, uh, which has been, which I knew once I answered, once I explained one thing to them, I knew it would be straightened out. Right. I had to get somebody on the phone. Was the problem and, that you were, were an actor? No. No, the problem was that they assumed that since I teach at Chapman University, 
that I'm on year round contract and that I'm being paid over the summer right. as a, as a full-time professor. And I had to explain, no, I'm hired to teach particular mm. courses. And when they end, I stop getting paid. Um, and then they assumed you were a priest and you had to work that out. <laughs> yeah, that was all, it's all very, but I, I have to say transitioning into what this show is about that the, the process of going through trying to straighten everything out with unemployment put me in the exact same emotional place that this movie put me in. <laughs> oh boy. Oh boy. It was no, that the same. It was that same. Is, is everything in my life going to work out? Or is it going to be a disaster? So did it, uh, did it, did you get what you wanted out of the experience? I okay, got, got through to somebody about two hours ago after starting Monday morning. Wow. Well, congratulations. That is a painful experience. Yeah. And I didn't have to kill anybody. I didn't have to invade anybody's home. I didn't uh -huh. have to any safes it just it all wow. it worked out with a phone call boy if only you had talked to james khan before he had his experiences yeah i could have settled everything down for him um i you know there's things i wanted to pull from this i didn't have time because i have been uh in editing uh kind of a frenzy with some new a new job that came in and setting up project files and video stuff. So I, I, I was, uh, I, I messed up. I'm sorry. You didn't mess up. Oh, well, you know, before we get too far into the movie, I do, I want to praise your shirt, man. Oh, thank you. This is in, this is my Michael Mann shirt. That is just an extraordinary shirt. Well, I thank you. I'm, I'm very pleased. It's, it's, it's my, it's my, uh, you know, I had a t-shirt on. And I was like, no, nah, I'm going to wear my Michael Mann shirt for this show. It's very Crockett and Tubbs. Right. I thought so. Thank you for noticing. Yeah, it's it's fantastic. I love that. In fact, I covet it. Um, for those uh, who are just listening on the podcast, uh, Anthony's wearing a uh, a very nice uh, rayon, uh, a dark brown shirt with white speckles on it. It's very eighties, very Miami Vice. It looks like it's raining. That shirt. I wish it were raining right now in real life. Yeah. So, um, Thief, 1981. Michael Mann directs. James Cobb stars. Yep, that's the movie we did. That's what we saw. It wasn't any other Thief. It was that one. It was that one. 1981. Yeah. With the with with interesting group of people. A lot of really? first-time interesting people there. Brought a lot of first-time interesting people and a lot of people with some interesting backgrounds. Um, did you see this movie before? I had not seen it before. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, are you a, are you a, a Michael Mann um, enthusiast? I I would say I am a fan and enthusiast. I would not call myself an aficionado. Okay. Um, but I'm not really an aficionado of anything other than. To kill um, a mockingbird. That's you like about... you like some seafood, but you don't want to go overboard. I understand. <laughs> that would be my that would be my mafia name, Fishy Anato. Hey, Fishy. Hey, Fishy. How you doing? In hey. fact, I think Fishy Anato is in this movie. He may be. Yeah, he's definitely. Yeah. He was a he was a consultant. Yeah, for sure. Um, um, so this was your first time seeing this. That's really interesting. Okay, cool. I had, I'd seen this before uh, a few times and well, I, um, I knew that I knew that you had seen it before. You know how I knew that? I, t I told you. No, probably. It, it's a movie. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, there's a bunch I did. I hadn't seen the one from last week before. So there are plenty of movies I haven't seen, but I've seen the Michael Mann movies. Okay, and I I've guess definitely... you had twenty-seven dresses before either. No, that was new, <laughs> that was... brand new experience for me. <laughs> okay, brand yeah. new. What a remarkable show that in the same <laughs> season we're doing that film and Thief. I just think that's yeah. really it's great. <laughs> um, so uh, uh, okay, did I guess You're still waiting to find out if I liked it? No, we'll get to that. I don't want to. I mean, I'm very curious, but I know we'll get to it. Okay. Uh, was it what you expected? Yes, it was. 
uh, there was one aspect of it that wasn't what I expected, but that I loved. Okay. I spilled some beans. You said you loved something. I did love something about it. Okay. So we know I loved at least one thing. Um, What were the circumstances of, of your viewing of this movie? How did you watch it? Uh, I watched it as I watch all all our movies. I watch it uh, sitting close to my large computer screen. I have a large screen and earphones so that I can hear every word. And then I have another computer next. Oh, I hit my microphone. I have another computer next to me to take notes on as I'm watching the. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. And uh, did did you watch this? Uh, what time of day did you watch it? Were you having a, a drink, or were you? Uh, were no, you I watched having. It I, I watched it this morning. Oh, okay. All right. This very because this is a very like. This is a very late night movie. There's a lot of this would be a tough movie to watch in the daytime in many respects. Um, well, I started watching it at 5 a.m. because I wanted to finish watching it before the unemployment office opened. Okay. <laughs> okay. So it was that kind of day. So you had a great you had a great viewing of this. Yeah. Um okay. Well, uh, you know, what'd you think of it? I loved it. I absolutely loved it. I thought you were gonna enjoy it. And what was interesting and curious to me about it is that, well, should we tell about the, let's tell about sure. the movie before we yeah. get into details. So I, I pitch it to you. Oh, well, um, okay. This is Thief from 1981. It's, as we had said, starring James Caan, but it also stars Tuesday Weld. Um, and Willie Nelson notably has a couple cool scenes in it. Jim Belushi is in it in his first film, I believe. Um, Dennis Farina is, is his first film. Uh, and my personal new love affair, Robert Prosky, it is also his first film, which blew me away. I had, I I thought he'd been acting for 20 years before this movie forever. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Couldn't believe believe it. First film. Um, not just because he's that guy, but also because he's so goddamn good in the movie. Oh my God. Um, so this is a this is based on a on a crime novel uh, about a um, Chicago based uh, jewel thief, an expert, an expert safe cracker and jewel thief, um, probably the best one of the best in the business. Uh, he runs his own crew, um, which is just Jim Belushi and another guy. And uh, he has it made like he does really, really well. And through uh interesting kind of plot twist early on in the movie uh a deal that he's just done kind of goes haywire and the the mob ends up kind of ending up with his money and his jewels so he he kind of goes in like a tough guy to get his money back which is his money and uh robert prosky who's the head of the mob family that he's dealing with in 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 this case uh makes him an offer to come work for him and it's a, it sounds like a really sweet deal. And uh, and so he takes the job and um, and it's what happens to him as a result of switching up and taking this job. He also is in the process of kind of developing a relationship with the, with a waitress, local waitress. That's Tuesday Weld. Um, and you get to know some of his backstory also through the Willie Nelson character, who is his uh, who is his teacher, uh, like his. um his mentor in the art of safe cracking and his friend in when they were in prison together. Right. Exactly. And who is now currently also in prison and wants him to get him out. So classic, classic hard boiled, you know, story classic. And Um, the other element of it that is classic is that it is the old one more shot and I'm out. Right. You know, I'm going to do this one last thing and then I'm out for himself, for Tuesday Weld, I'm going to go clean. Yeah, it's but it. what I thought was so interesting was there's one moment when Belushi, he says to Belushi, he says, I'm out after this job. And Belushi says, are you happy? And he doesn't respond. Mm-hmm. There's, he doesn't answer that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. Which that's right. Foreshadows the whole movie in a way. Yeah, it really does. Um, it, 
had you have you seen what other uh Michael Mann movies did you see from this period? Did you see um, Manhunter? I saw Manhunter. Okay, okay. Yes. Um, this is which, a... This which is only... also starred William Peterson, who made his film debut in this as a, like a split-second bouncer at a bar. Yeah, yeah. Um, the movie is also incredible for... Uh, well, it's really notable for for one reason, for a lot of reasons, but the main reasons why it's really kind of classic and it got a cult following is that the, the, uh, the advisors on this film, Michael Mann, uh, got actual thieves and jewel height, like ex cons and guys who used to really do this stuff for real on board as the technical advisors. And he gave them parts in the movie yeah, as well as cops who used to bust these guys in real life so the the whole background of this movie all the actors in it all the cops and the and the the thieves are and the mafia guys are all like the real thing except yeah. he actually switches it up so that a, a lot of the the criminals are playing cops in the movie right uh, farina, farina who plays a mobster was a cop actually busted had busted santucci once who plays one of the cops did he actually do that he i didn't actually know arrested him once Wow. <laughs> wow. Crazy. Yeah, it's really uh it's it's really crazy. And there it's was another story that I heard, which was that when they were all hanging out, the cops and the criminals, that the criminals knew about knew when the statute of limitations had run out on certain jobs that they had done. So they would talk about them with the cops. Because the statute right. of limitations was over, so they could talk about how they did them. That's incredible. Which that's, is just that's nuts. incredible. And they're all hanging out together. They all grew up in the same neighborhoods. They they went to the same schools. They all knew each other already. Yeah, which is a trope in itself in a lot of films. It certainly goes back all the way to James Cagney and those early those early gangster movies. This, this feels a lot to me like a Cagney movie. This, this really would have been James Cagney, I think back in the thirties. Very much so. And another thing it reminded me of is a lot of the dialogue and the way Jimmy was speaking in it is very Damon Runyon and guys and dolls. Like he is speaking in full sentences like this, the way they did in guys and dolls. I read an interesting thing about that actually. Um, you may have read this as well, but apparently uh, when he was working on the character um, and, and Khan is really proud of this movie. He is on the record for saying this is, I think, his favorite film that he did and the, his favorite performance. Certainly is the favorite scene that he ever did, he thinks, is in this film. But in working on the part, he wa he wanted to make sure he knew the guy didn't suffer fools and, and had a time limit. He was always, he, he never could spend any more time on anything than he had. So he was a guy that spoke incredibly, incredibly clearly with as little complication as possible so that people would understand him exactly the first time and he wouldn't have to repeat himself. Yeah. And you can really see that kind of detail in the character, like the work that he did on this part. You can really see that kind of, that kind of detail going into it really uh really remarkable i i um yeah i i was i hadn't seen it in a while and i was i was uh i got with it more this time um than i did i hadn't seen it maybe in 15 years um okay now i want to ask a couple of questions because you're the film genius no you are no. There were some things that that occurred to me as I as I was watching the movie, and I want to hear from you whether you think I'm incredibly off base or out of my mind for thinking this. Uh, the scene that that Khan is most proud of, apparently, is that scene in the diner where he tells his life story to and the prison story to Tuesday Weld. That reminded me, that whole scene from when he picks her up and gets her, that reminded me of, uh, I felt that Michael Mann was trying to channel some John Cassavetes direction in, in that 
scene in that sequence. Um, I don't know if it was improvised. It certainly felt like it was somewhat improvised or not, not completely, but around a story like that, that he was allowed to, to play and mm -hmm. make the story his own. And, and even Tuesday, well, the way she was made up and the way she was playing it seemed to be a bit of a General Rollins. Uh, That's interesting. I can see that. Uh, where I felt like I was seeing that influence. Wow. Um, I, I, you know, I hadn't thought of it, but you, I think you, uh, I think you're really right about that. There, there are two characters in a way out of, it's like, it's like I could see Cassavetes making another movie about these same characters that goes in a different direction, but it intersects right. at that diner. Right. Yeah. Okay. So I, it's, it's that scene specifically, it wasn't throughout the whole movie, but that scene specifically, I, I felt uh -huh. like I was seeing that influence. And then another movie, not that was an influence on this because it it's much more recent, but this film Although it was very, it was paced very slow. Um, it was. You, you never, think Thief is paced slowly? Well, hear me out. Okay. In the in not, I didn't feel like it felt slow, but I felt like it had this sort of um, measured, relentless <clears throat> pace to it that yeah. wasn't wasn't fast the way move like. But what it reminded me of in terms of the emotional, um, it felt like a slow-moving freight train to me, an unstoppable freight train, crushing everything in its path. And it reminded me of a much faster-paced movie, but emotionally the same as Uncut Gems, where through the whole movie, I felt like it was moving down this track that it couldn't get off of crushing everything in its path and leading to this um inevitable ending i had I, uh, I, I no i have i have uncut gems in my notes too i i oh, okay. really fe okay. i felt so that not, i'm not out of no, my mind i really felt that uh and i you know i agree i think that you know the relentless kind of like methodical pace is, is right on. I disagree a little bit in terms of our, maybe it's just like the, uh, maybe we're disagreeing on a language a little bit, but to me, it's unbelievably uh, fast paced in terms of the, the editing is they cut into the middle of scenes. They cut out of stuff. Like there is no story fat here. They really don't have any like extraneous stuff. So oh, it's right, very exactly. streamlined that way. You know, it's it's extremely no, I fat free. Agree. I just mean that things don't happen fast. Right. The way they happen right. in a modern movie. It's got that character study feel to it. Yeah. Where where it's really also about hanging out with this guy and getting to figure out what makes him tick, you know? Yeah. Like um, the burglary. The burglary isn't it's told in slow, meticulous detail. Now, for those of you who know, haven't seen the movie, the burglaries are really, really cool. And, and some of the coolest ones that have ever been put on film. Michael Mann made sure that all the equipment was the actual stuff. James Caan trained on the actual drills, these giant, like, 200-pound magnetic drills that would attach themselves to the doors and really heavy, hard machinery to operate and you know, apparently James Kahn got it down really well, but you can just see him doing all this stuff. And it's, yeah. it's very like a documentary. It's cool looking. It's really got that Michael Mann, you know, kind of sheen to it, but it, it he's, it, it's all just really happening. Yeah. Um, and those magnesium rods at the end. Oh my God. Real magnesium rods. Yeah. On that's fire. the real thing. Um, so, you know, you're constantly being, you're also in extremely r real and interesting, uh, gritty Chicago locations. Like you feel like you're in the actual bars and the actual, you know, the actual garages and the actual places that these people really did inhabit. And knowing how much Michael Mann, uh, how much research Michael Mann did on, you know, Chicago criminals. I mean, that's his thing. Um, I'm sure it's just 
just full of real stuff, you know? I mean, and that's my favorite cut in the whole movie is the cut from the suburban house that he's just bought for him in Tuesday. Well, this beautiful, pristine, angular, mid-century, modern suburban house. And they cut from that to the most desolate, the the junkyard with the with the uh, the cars and everything just the most decrepit thing that you see and you see that juxtaposition of of his fantasy that he wants and the reality of where he lives mm-hmm. in life and actually the the thing he actually really likes and wants is yeah. is that stuff you know yeah um uh yeah the you know there's um it's full of incredible photography too. It's, it's really, it's really an eyeful. It reminds, it reminds me a lot of, of like William Friedkin. I, I, I think Michael Mann must, must be a Friedkin, you know, devotee. Um, well, also funny. a Chicago I filmmaker. I thought of that because of all of the, the L train, the, all of the scenes yeah. that are shot under the L train. Yeah. That. There's that. And then there's just the sense of, it just feels like it doesn't whether or not they had permits to do this. It doesn't feel like they did. It has that same feeling of like the French connection where you just feel kind of like, Oh man, these actors are actually kind of in danger. There feels to be kind of a dangerous quality about this movie. And it's, it must be said, I mean, and I know this is probably one of the things you responded to it with such glee over, but it, it's gotta be one of the most nihilistic films I've, I've ever seen. I mean, it yeah. is, it is those are my one of, one of the coldest visions of of humanity that I, I've ever seen in a, in a movie. I like that you identify that as something that's near and dear to my heart. Well, I like Satanists <laughs> chasing after an RV. Everybody's got something. Um, uh, do you have? Um, I mean, in a in a movie, just chock full of of great photography great nighttime photography there's 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 two shots in the very beginning that that kind of blew me away and they're really weird like as a weird like they're weird shots because they're kind of b-roll but they're not um and i don't know if you noticed this the the movie starts and it's just raining you just hear rain you don't see anything at first which is kind of murky and great and then you you the movie opens and you see the city of chicago at night and uh they are they're headed to a a job right they're headed to do this job in the rain and they and it's uh two cars two beat up cars it's jim belushi and it's uh it's uh james con they're driving to the job and it's the the city looks incredible and there's this shot out the the windshield of this of the street and all the the streets are slick with rain in every shot the streets are wet in this movie they paid yeah. truck to be there the entire time and wet the streets down and um and they, there's this shot down the street and because of the reflections in the in the street the street lights make this perfect vector down like a perfect like video game vector down to the yeah. center and up so it's this x it's this perfect x right and everything is like mapped out and all lined up they go and do the job which takes about two minutes five minutes something like that they get the gear they get the stuff they're looking for they get they trade their old junk cars for their real cars which are fancy cars which have been hidden somewhere and they drive off next time we see that setup is af is now it's after the job out his windshield and the streets just like a mess the vectors trying to be there. You see the streetlights, but they're like, they're not making the pattern and it's all oh, jumbled. And to me, it was like right away, they're going before the job on the job. He's everything's right on. And the minute it's over, he's in trouble. There is no, it's chaos. Wow. I did not notice that. Um, I had tiny little things that I loved. My actual favorite moment in the whole movie, tiny little detail, is um, when he gets the news that Willie died. Oh. 
Oh, and that scene. That that scene is is incredible. Um, and I heard the story about him staring at the actor who gives and scaring the crap out of the actor. But but um, Tuesday Weld does a thing in that scene where she's standing next to him and she doesn't put her hand on his shoulder. She doesn't hug him. She reaches up with her hand and sort of just sort of with two fingers clasps the placket of his, his shirt a little bit, like right over his heart. She, and it was so touching to me that mm. she just, just puts her hand over his heart and holds his shirt for mm. a second. Um, the other th thing that I thought was, you talk about actors being in danger. Belushi's stunt when he gets shot, <laughs> it's him. Yeah, it's he him. Yeah, they show the whole thing in in slow yeah. motion. There must have been like thirty pounds of squibs on his chest. He he goes flying through the air. Mm -hmm. He hits that van. He hits the pavement. There's no mattress there. I don't know how he did that. Well, he was young, and that's uh, true. I did well, pad that well padded. He He's probably also well padded. padded. Yeah, you know. Look, look. Let's not forget the stunt work on the beach because he did some moves on the beach that were. <laughs> we'll get to that. We'll get to that later. Um, yeah, there are incredible little moments and details and stuff. Do you, do you have um? I mean, we already talked about the diner scene. Let, let, let's unpack that a little bit more because that that is, to me, that's like a centerpiece scene that's incredible. Um, yeah, spectacular. It's a little confusing, though, um, because, and I heard there was some editorial issues and confusion in the making of it because it's not really clear whether, it's kind of like they're playing, it's a first date and they don't know each other and they're kind of playing like they've had a relationship. <laughs> um. Uh, there's kind of an it's a little unclear i thought um, i don't know I've, I've had first dates where i talked about you know marriage and living the rest of our lives together didn't, didn't you back i, I believe <laughs> no i believe that it's just there were certain details about how they interacted that felt like <clears throat> there was literally confusion about it and i remember reading about this there was literally something happened with with that that they either didn't have time to shoot some little piece that i don't know but outside of that the scene is just incredible the, and where i where i don't i see the i see the uh john cassavetti's influence there in the characters and stuff but it's so much more it's so much more uh, carefully shot than anything cassavetti's really did that would that would have been a yeah, big me yeah. a mess you know which was right. his style but you know this the, michael mann is so careful about telling character through how he's shooting as well like uh, so, so that scene starts and it's in a wide and they sit at this booth and it's at a, at a diner that's like about four stories above a highway it seems to span a highway with traffic going in both directions and in that wide angle you see the booth and you see where james Conn sits is on the right side of traffic and you see all the all the red lights and on her side you see traffic going the other way so they are literally going in opposite directions like emotionally and in that shot traffic's just not going the same direction and it's a really long scene which then they start doing in close-ups a lot and there's the moment where he makes this long confession about his past and she finally decides to maybe go for this guy camera pulls back over her shoulder to a two shot where it's the first time they've been in the scene together right and i don't know that's kind of simple 101 stuff but to see it to see it applied to this real location obviously they had only so much time to shoot this because it was at night and the sun was going to come up and to have this really clear, clean plan that worked about shooting and telling story and character at the same time. I, I thought it was just fantastic. Well, and you can call it 101 stuff, but it's 101 stuff because it works. Sure. Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. I mean, it, why, it, why would you break that rule? You know, why would you break that rule if it's not going to tell the story? Well, you, you, you'd break the rule if you were Cassavetes and your stu shooting style was about telling something else about the characters. But right. 
in a movie that's so about method methodical clean driving forces in this guy this incredibly clean like precise it's very kind of like a fritz lang way of working it's really it's so clear well you I'm, know me that's my kind of story that's my kind of visual storytelling i like it when it all adds up Boy, i just watched this movie did you see the movie nobody with um odenkirk not yet i i want to i hear it's i hear it's great it's got some fun stuff like that too, you know, uh -huh. like him being boxed in by circumstance and there's a shot of him at his desk and the camera's low and there's stuff on the desk and he's, he's boxed in, you know, yeah. and I love, I love stuff like that. Um, yeah. It's called what, there's a word for that. Um, metonym antonym. Is that what it is? I don't it's, know. It's, well, there, there's, there, it's the it's a it's similar to a metaphor, but it's it's different. It's a different way of doing it. Um, this gets really esoteric, but here we go. Went to film school. What do you want me to do? Uh, uh, Antonioni, the Italian filmmaker, was famous for doing this in movies, where up until him, directors would 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 create scenarios that were very much like a metaphor for what the character was going through. It wasn't right. the same, but it was similar poetically. But Antonioni started putting the characters directly in the scenarios that they were in emotionally. So, for instance, if a movie was a, a scene was about characters who were adrift, he'd literally put them in the ocean on buoys and do the scene there. So they would literally be adrift and adrift as characters. So it's it, there's something very kind of like uh, 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 forceful about that. And. You could see it all over this too. Yeah. Um, the situation he's in emotionally is literally like represented on screen. It particularly even in the way he breaks into safes, because what's so what I think is really different about this movie, actually, most of the time thieves or jewel thieves in particular, high-end thieves in films are really super fancy people. Oh, yeah, Carrie Grant. Right. right, you think of like right cat yeah. burglars and stuff with right. leather gloves and fancy, yeah. and this guy he is he is the most brutalist. Like he attacks these saves. It's just it's just he's, an, he's like an auto mechanic. Yeah, it's <laughs> violent and with powerful tools, and it's just unrelenting. Yeah, it's crazy. And what is it about about Khan that he? This goes back to our discussion about him in Misery. He can take it like you 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 said when we were watching Misery that he can take a beating like no other actor in the world. Yeah. But, but the thing I noticed even before he gets beaten up in this movie, he always walks like a guy who's just had the shit kicked out of him. I think at that age Jimmy was walking what did, had had the shit kicked out of him. Yeah, now. probably. Yeah, he he uh he did all his own stunts for years and I think by the time he made He's got you know, his shoulders up, you know, and he's he's walking like a guy who can barely move. I think he I think he probably broke every bone in his body, that guy. You know, like wow. he just he he wrecked himself. Plus he did stuff off like not for movies. He did boxing and he did race car driving and stunt work just for fun. Like that was you know, the kind of guy he was. You know, he gave me a pair of boxing gloves for my 13th birthday. Oh, I didn't know that. Well, yeah. he gave us a dog too. He gave us a dog for that we dad, for dad's birthday. Are the the dog we grew up with? This is actually one of the weirdest and most amazing things that we would have a dog growing up that was given to us by, you know, by a Corleone. Yeah, and I mentioned that to Scott <laughs> Con when I was working with him. You know that your Did dad Scott, gave oh. us the dog, and do Scott just was like, "Huh." Yeah, he loved that story. Yeah. <laughs> it was very meaningful for him. Clearly, clearly, uh, dad's relationship with his dad meant a lot to him. Yeah. Well, and, yeah, the heck and that's with it. why we bonded so much. When Scott, if you're listening, I hope you can learn. We appreciate these things. We One like day it. when you're old, you'll appreciate it too. Yeah. And I'll give you a dog. Well, a hot dog. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> um, what about uh, Robert Prosky? For goodness' sake, so spectacular! In in, in uh, that guy, 
you cannot tell me that that was his first performance in the movie. It doesn't make any sense. It's like he'd been doing it forever. Was he a, was he, he must've been a Chicago theater actor before this. Like he had to have been right. Come on. Um, You can't just act like that out of nowhere. I think he was a prison warden before this movie. No, I don't know. Wow. He wow. has to have been in uh, a member of, of some precursor to Steppenwolf. Those, those kinds of has to has to, be. has to have been that he's he's just it's one of the great bad guys. You know, it really like remind it's like that scene for OK. My other favorite scene is another scene at a restaurant and it's the scene with him and Khan. Oh my God. And you like him so much. You think you're just saying, Oh, come on, Jimmy, go with him. Yeah. Saying, he wants to be your family. He's a good guy. Yeah. He wants to take And care then of he's going to sell you a baby. Yeah. When he's going to sell him and the whole, because James Conn wants to adopt a baby, a, a child in this movie with, with, uh, with um, Tuesday Weld. And they even go to a, um, they go to a, a an agency to see if they can get an adoption and with his background there's no way and there's a big harangue at the agency and prosky at this meeting later is like why didn't you come to me i can whatever you want i get you anything you want i get your house you got a house you want to you want a kid i'll get you a kid what kind of a kid you want and the scene goes from like this warm fuzzy feeling of we got this guy wrong all along to he's the most evil person but it completely suckered me because his argument that like these moms, you know, the, the, the kids got no chance with this mom, you know, it, it, it but you know, he's, you, yeah, yeah. But Bad I want, man. But you know me, I, I always want, you know, Jerry Zachs used to say in rehearsal, he would say, keep the possibility of a happy ending alive as long as possible. And that's my character flaw as a person. I wanted to believe it's going to be okay. I knew knew it was bad. Uh, Because you're a cynical son of a bitch. Don't take the deal. You're better off as a lone agent. And you're you're usually right. And I'm usually wrong. You know what it reminded me of a lot was... uh, it reminded me of Chinatown and the, and the Noah Cross stuff, like the way uh, that John Houston's you realize how evil he is slowly, but he's equally kind of like affable and welcoming and likable at first. But then there's this like undertone of, of absolute horror of going on. Yeah. And then, of course, his character at the end, they shoot him upside down at one point. They flip the camera upside down. In this perspective thing and he he goes off and it is terrifying yeah i was gonna actually grab some of that speech because that was one of my favorite things in the movie it I, we can't play it it's the filthiest thing i've ever heard yeah um i have to ask you a question though uh in the scene where khan shows up at his house to kill him and and uh prosky is in the living room with the his his bodyguard fella and the body or henchman or whatever you want to call him and he says um he says uh his henchman says do you want some milk he says nah and his henchman goes up to the gets up to go to the kitchen to get the milk did you notice his pants they were unbuckled they were on un- trying were- to figure out why i mean it's such a great touch but like is it because he just had a big meal so is, is you i'm know, hoping uh, i'm hoping that's but it was such an odd little detail that his pants are unbuckled and his belt is undone. And it, it, like that old guy thing of, Oh, I ate too much. So, yeah, you know, I, I think that's what it was. I hope I'm going to hope that's what that was. Yes. Yeah. It has to, has to have been. What it was. <clears throat> um, I, 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 I do have a couple of, I mean, you know, I have a couple of things that I didn't love when this, okay. this time well, out, let's hear them. Um, I thought, uh, you know, I, I think the first half is perfection, literally, just like print, cut, that's it. Don't have to make another gangster movie ever again. It's perfect. Um, it doesn't fall apart to me at all, but I there was something about, I felt like, I feel like they ran out of money and that 
by the time they got out of Prosky, by the time they shot Prosky, there's just was like, they had two hours and they had to get him out of that house. So the last part of, of it where he shoots um, Dennis Farina and Farina has a giant Afro and he's shooting this giant fake looking gun. It literally, yeah, the last okay. few minutes literally kind of look like it's from like a, an early Steven Seagal movie. Like it's really yeah. off what the rest of it is to me. Yep. They also don't set up that he has a, they don't set up well that he, that, that he's wearing, um you know, chest armor, right. which had never been in a movie before. So apparently when they showed this film, the audience was deeply confused because they'd never, it, it, this was new. So they don't really show him taking the vest off. Yeah. So, they don't make it clear. No. And I feel like, um, I, I was also talking to uh, we, Amelia and I watched it together and I was talking to her about how, what she thought of the movie and stuff. And she was like, uh, you know, she, she liked it. There were things she did. And I was like curious because she loves movies like this and she liked a lot about it and she likes James Caan. But I realized when she was talking about it, that she was just like, I don't know. Something about it left me cold. There was something about, they worked, they put a lot of effort into the Tuesday weld part of the movie. Um, and yet there was something missing about her deciding to do this uh, with a go along with this. If, well, and especially I felt the way she's introduced on their first date, when he shows not first date or 40th date, you don't know which. Yeah. And he shows up late. And he practically beats the crap out of her getting into the car. Yeah, it's a really a weird, you know, and I, I, it's weird and offensive. But I, I would, I went with it because it's like, okay, this is extreme characters. What's going on? But after they spend so much energy on their meeting and on that scene and on the diner scene, on her, 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 she's the answer to his problems, the the mother of his children, everything that, and she goes along with it. I buy her going. They didn't really make good on her on her character. They, they, I feel like they owed it to her after setting all of that up so much to give a little bit more to her. Um, a little more closure. Um, a little more complexity to uh, to her to her reality. Um, okay, I I go along with that. Um, you know, I mean, there's time for like ten minutes of of hypersexualized drilling into 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 safes. They could have spent like another minute and a half with, with, with why Tuesday well is going for this. I didn't get. I wasn't turned on by that stuff at all. That's a good thing. Um, you know, one more thing about the drilling into the safes, though, what I thought was really cool, and maybe you've already touched on this a little bit, is that in every other movie where they have to break into a safe, and you talked about it already, in essence, when you're talking about how classy the you know, uh, Cary Grant is in right. Uh, the normal in, jewel thief in yeah, the movie, yeah. yeah. But even the 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 tech of the break in, this is the anti Mission Impossible breaking. Everything's yeah. dirty and hammering yeah. and crowbars and smashing yeah. stuff, and yeah, yeah. it is dirty it's, and grimy. Yeah, but also you get the feeling what it must actually really be like for yeah. those guys. It has a feeling of authenticity as a crime movie that's kind of you like there aren't that many that have this level of like, wow, this feels like it's the real deal. Yeah. OK, it bites them in the ass once. Another thing I didn't love is where the movie went eh, just a little bit to the I was like, oh, perfect, amazing, the best Michael Mann movie ever, ever, ever. And then there's the scene um, where he gets brought into the precinct and gets beat up by a bunch of guys who used to be jewel thieves who are pretending to be cops and none of them can act. <laughs> right. And it's like yeah. seven of those guys pretending yeah. to beat him. And then there's a scene and it, it doesn't like, they didn't really capture that to, to me. They didn't really capture it. And then immediately after the beating, he's spotless and has yeah. no bruises or anything. Yeah. yeah. Just, you know, I, I, I like the way that, you know, that was handled in uh, uh, in other movies a little bit better. Like it, it just lacked a little bit of authenticity. And then and then they do cut to one of the most awkward. You know, we did the deal. Now we're on vacation. Let's take a couple of weeks in Mexico. To I had a off. terrifying moment there. There was a moment where I was sweating <laughs> and shaking with terror. Yeah. <laughs> 
because I was thinking to myself, if this is a freaking dream sequence, I know, right? I'm gonna go out of. I'm gonna lose yeah. my mind. I thought it might he, have been. He's sitting in. He's just cracked the safe. Belushi has gone into the safe to get the diamonds. He sits down and lights a cigarette and starts getting a dreamy look yeah. in his eyes. Yeah. And we're on a beach. And I thought, if this is his fantasy, I'm gonna kill myself and then Michael Mann. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I felt a little bit like that anyway, because I was like, after that, you know, billion dollar heist that they do, and it's like, we're going to, they go to San Diego, they're like, and it's clearly like, it's kind of a crappy beach, it's not that. No, but to them, that's like going to St. Bart's, you know? I guess so, I just (laughs) felt that there, something about it, maybe Michael Mann was in on it, but somehow John Belushi cavorting on the, Jim Belushi cavorting on the beach wrecked a certain part of my heart like it really made me <laughs> uncomfortable and sad and then we picked up a little bit it got and then we got the heist awesome awesome um but there was just a little bit did you not feel that there was just like a little bit less irony at the end of this than maybe we uh, you were hoping for yeah because yeah. it seems a little bit like a cool 80s movie ending when it's really about a guy deciding to go willfully into hell and yeah. destroy everything in his life. Right. Because, uh, yeah, because they, I mean, for instance, why doesn't he do what he does and then go off to meet her? Exactly. Right. I think that I, I think that, you know, the only thing I could say that they didn't quite nail or get, or it was, I don't know if it was James Caan or they shot it and they didn't get to use it or whatever, but it was just, there was the transference. There's the moment, for instance, in Unforgiven where Clint Eastwood clicks over into the guy that you didn't want to meet. Right. And I feel like this movie really could have used that distinct click where you go oh this guy's broken like he's broken himself he's a he's motive whose motivations are now not something we could understand it lacked the something about it for me but what it what it needed was some scene where for instance if there was a scene where the baby won't stop crying and he Mm -hmm. realizes this dream is not what i thought it was i am not up for this that he snaps at the baby for crying or he snaps at her and realizes I can't be that. But we never see that. We never do. And, and in a reality setting, we know this guy with the, the, the trigger, the short trigger he's got, like he is not okay. He's a angry enraged, violent person. Uh, who's half his life has been in prison and it's of course, you know, he, you understand why, but yeah. he's a mess. And, and he, he needs to see that and she needs to see it so that she says, okay. And leaves. Yeah. Like her leaving because she actually becomes afraid of like, doesn't want to be near him anymore would be right. an interesting choice that he right. ruins it because she, he can't go back to her because she sees who he is finally, which, which would, would be, be similar to the end of drive where where yeah, okay. drive where he saves her yeah but in order to save her he has to reveal who he is and that's why they can't be together right and even a little taxi driver in there too where it's yeah. like you know where sybil realizes you know i mean it's a little obvious with their like i don't know why she actually goes on a date with travis in the first place but that's another story yeah <laughs> um right. But, you know, like when she realized, like, oh, this guy's really not okay. Like, I don't feel safe or comfortable. Um, I never really believed he would hurt her. But I feel like that, unfortunately, that's this movie kind of needed that or something. My only complaint. Another, uh, a shot that, and sequence, again, we're talking about how there were things in this movie that worked but shouldn't have. Mm Mm-hmm. The the sequence with the the tracker on the car, we get so far ahead. I mean, I got so far ahead. I knew so far ahead what had happened. Mm-hmm. And, you mean and when they on the bus? On the bus, and that <laughs> shot and reveal the reveal of the of it being on the bus takes forever. It's fantastic. We are so far ahead. We know it's going to be there. And yet it works. 
it works yeah it works because it's also that shot's also there as a wonderful kind of act break and it wouldn't it really also wouldn't have worked so well if they hadn't transitioned out of that into a into a new into a new scene if it had been a hard cut it would have been too obvious but this way it was like it was a chance for you to kind of like think about the whole movie for a second right you know so go along excuse me but you go along for the ride that's okay <laughs> you get you get a couple of those every every show without anything you don't hear anything from me um boy does the city look incredible the the <laughs> so well photographed and not the typical chicago stuff like you really haven't seen chicago shot this way before i i don't feel like you see you see you really didn't see any of the typical skyline or any of the normal you know attractions in chicago that you would see in a chicago movie because it's michael mann obviously he knows the town um love that band at that bar <laughs> the, oh my god it was mighty joe young and and um i forget the singer they say it at the end of the movie right and you don't get a lot a lot of music breaks like that in movies anymore you know it reminded me of the music break in bullet when yes they, yeah. Right? yeah real place you know yeah. real real place um what else did I have in my notes? Oh, you know, just like, man, so smart in, in, in how it's constructed that, you know, it dawned on me after the movie was over that, that he, he really does ask, he is to her what Robert Prosky is to him. He does the same thing. And, and Willie Nelson kind of does the same thing. And they ask, they ask the unthinkable, but something that can't be denied at the same time. It's it's really weird. Interesting. Interesting. I was blown away by how there were certain... There were a couple of major characters in the movie who we never get to know at all. The the other part of the other guy in his crew, that right. actor gets no no story, almost no lines. We don't know anything about him. He's a major character in the movie. He only, he doesn't yeah. get any. He gets hardly any close ups. It's one of my favorite one of my favorite things about how it's made is those those yeah. is those things. Is there, that was very. I can I can hardly even remember what he looks like. It's it's very Godfather that way. I mean, Godfather. I feel like you know that's in that in those movies too, where they're you know you you get to, we've seen that those movies like eight hundred times, so we know yeah. all the names now. Right. But but Johnny you know, Ola, like a first times like you Johnny see Ola. it, you're just like it's just this guy who's like he's clearly important, but you never get to know. You only get to know through his actions what he is, which is also another thing I love about the movie is. James Conn has all these cool businesses that he runs, I guess, as a front to what he really does. Right. So the bar, the car lot. Right. So his bar, I love the scenes in his bar, the way oh, the bartender right. deals with him and how, you know, generally the customers kind of seem to know him and what's going on and they give him stay some space, they stay out of his way. Uh, and how you get to know, you get to, you get to think about, like a lot of great crime stuff, these backstories of how did the bartender get to this position? Like he knows some stuff he's in on it because he's well, you know what that was modeled on. I that don't was know. modeled on Mark Lynn Baker at the West Bank Cafe. <laughs> yeah, exactly the same thing. The way he runs exactly his, his crime organization yeah. at the West Bank Cafe. Right, yeah. right. That makes total sense. <laughs> Um, and, and and there's like three people in the world who will get that that joke, but yeah, what the hell? The, and hopefully they're tuning in. If they're not, yeah. well, there's going to be trouble. Well, um, we'll have to send this to them. So we really are pretty pretty in lockstep about this movie. It seems like. Well, the thing that blows me away is that you thought of uncut gems too. I that, totally that did. Warms my heart. I really did. I was like, there there has a there's a lot of movies it reminds you of. Um, like a William Friedkin movie, it almost like feels like a like a Bresson movie too. Like like 
pickpocket or something. Now you're you know? just so so too highfalutin for me. You got to teach that stuff this year. You got to watch it. Oh dear. Um, no, I budgeting and permitting. I'm even love the tangerine dream but then again oh, they, yeah. they go to the beach and we get this like 80s guitar solo <laughs> michael mann refused to, to give up that sequence he was like you know what i'm gonna do it until i get it right he did it again in um he doesn't do it in the the, the keep because that's a world war ii movie <laughs> but he does it in manhunter and he does it all of all of miami vice is that he it's wanted the, Belushi on the beach, man. You know, he got it. He got it. He got some. He got the. He got the uh, almost full frontal nudity he was looking for. <laughs> just from, just not from the person he was hoping from. <laughs> he wanted Prosky. Uh, he wanted Prosky, but he got Belushi. Yeah, to get naked. What are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? And um, I really wish I had pulled a picture of Dennis Farina's giant afro hair at the end of this movie because i don't know what the hell can we give a shout out to the chicago accents though oh my god i love that accent well when it's the real thing it's great you know it's i mean like in here uh i mean james con it went he, brooklyn chicago it flipped it's shifted yeah. around but whatever yeah you know Santucci. james Kong. Santucci, Santucci holy god insane. what a mess I love how all the cops are like photographed to look as ugly as possible too like they're all <laughs> yeah. kind of like disgusting looking well and everybody in the movie is the, the, the nice the interesting thing was that the one person in the movie who's in kind of not corrupt is James Khan because he actually is just authentically what he is the cops are corrupt the judges are corrupt. The other criminals are corrupt. And he's just a thief. Okay. Sure. He's a thief <laughs> and a, he's a thief and a murderer, but he's, he's not corrupt. He's not a murderer. He, he kills people, but he's not a murderer. Okay. okay. Is that, a, I didn't know. Wait a minute. I thought somebody who killed people was a murderer. <laughs> we'll talk after the show. Oh, <laughs> This sounds fun. I didn't know there. I, yeah, I didn't I'll, know you I'll could do that it. and not be a murderer. That's fantastic. Yeah. Um, you like him because he has his code, but then so does Prosky. But so does Prosky, man. I mean, they're the same thing. Because Prosky, you know, you could you could Except argue Prosky he, lies. No, he doesn't. He does. He says, "I'm going to take care of you," and then and then he he says, "And you can leave and all that," and then he won't let him. He says, "You're you okay? That's fine. You you do this job and you're out. Fine." He got him a baby. You're gonna <laughs> leave after somebody gives you a baby? I don't think so. I could totally fight as a justified. You know, he's angry. Uh, um, I got you a baby. Yeah, I, I guess so. I guess so. But I mean, ultimately, you know, the other movie that reminds me of is Raging Bull, and I think you know that that's that's a there's a real interesting connection there because it, it's it's as much about just male simmering rage as, as raging bull is it's it's almost the same movie in a lot of ways except you know in raging Without bull the there'd be there'd be there would be a dream sequence about going to the beach <laughs> okay all right well i think we've covered all of our notes well, I've covered all of my notes. Yeah, I got nothing else to say. See it, Thief. Nothing. It's a good movie. It's a Michael Mann movie. See Thief. It's good. You'll like it. If you like James Caan, you got to see it. Tell your friends about our show. Listen to it every week. Um, and, uh, yeah. Know, and enjoy yourself. That's the really. Uh, that's the answer. God, it's pouring rain right now. Damn. Um, we have to pick a... Uh, we have to look up my friend Bo Baker... On IMDb, do you know Bo? You've met Bo, haven't you? Um, I, I don't know if I've, yeah, I think I have, but it, okay. but I know him through your stories about Bo. Yeah, sound dude, Bo Baker. We got to look him up on IMDb and pick the movie of uh, that he mixed that or boomed that we want to do. Okay, 
because he'll come on the show. He's like, when are you going to have me on the show? And he, and he can tell stories. It'll actually be a night off for you and me. We, we can just sit there and Bo will tell stories. What, let's do one next week. Let's do it next right. week. Um, okay. Then uh, next week, it's a, a Bo Baker movie. If we can get him, there's always a chance that he's going to be working. I thought it was like a sure thing. All of a sudden, there's problems. No, it's a sure thing. But like two seconds ago, you're like, anytime. He's ready no, he's to do working, it. Like, and now it says, like, well, I don't know if he's available. <laughs> if, he, if, he, if we get him, I guess he'll be. got to do it when he has a hiatal hernia. <laughs> I mean, he's on hiatus. Okay. Um, but uh, we'll, we'll, we'll figure out what we're going to do next week. And in the meantime, we uh, we hope that everybody has a fabulous week and tunes in again to uh, watch my brother Anthony talk to that guy who doesn't really like movies. Oh, you love movies. I'm, do I, I'm do I like movies again? Because you I like, like them. them. Now, I, now you like them. Okay. All right. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Good night. You've been listening to the Arkin Brothers talk about movies. That's my brother, Matthew Arkin. And that's my brother, Anthony Arkin. And we are interesting, irreverent, and irrelevant. But you can follow us on Instagram anyway. You can also subscribe to our newsletter and check out our merch. And you can do it all on our website. Just follow the link on your podcast app. Or if you really want to stalk us, head over to arkinbros.com. You'll learn more about us than anyone would ever want to know.